You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome back to the show. Make sure you subscribe to the show. As I said, it's a competition now in the Odyssey Network. We want to beat the Eagles, and we want to beat the Cowboys, who are ahead of us in the podcast race. Out of the 32 teams, that's right, silver and black today, we're third. I don't like being third. Mo, you don't like being third, do you? Never like being third or 0-4 or last. Always first. (laughs) Always first. (laughs) Always first. And we know Raider Nation is the best fan base in all of sports. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Also... Do us a favor. Give us a five-star review, please. We would appreciate that very much, as always. And we uh, wouldn't be here without you guys listening. And so we never forget that. So thank you. And appreciate the mailbag show yesterday, which was a lot of fun. So if you hear the sushi references and people named Lynn, go back and listen to the Wednesday show, and you'll know what we're talking about. All right, well, let's dive in on the Raiders versus the Chiefs coming up here on Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Okay, I have to say it the right way. Um, sorry, I like to devolve into voices. I don't do it enough, do I? I want to hear Mo do do that. You did a voice one day, remember? I did. Yeah, you were... (laughs) I forgot what you were doing. Inadvertently, probably, or was it purposely done? No, you were... You were, like, making fun of somebody, and it was... was, Oh, yeah, when I make fun of... When I make fun of whiny, crying fans, it's always... Yeah, Twitter fans. There you go. That was Not all fans. The fans are great, but yes. some, of the, some of the Twitter trolls and people, I make fun of them. Yes, there's there's people with big holes in their life, and they somehow try to fill it with nastiness, and Mo was making fun of them. But you had a voice, yes. and so uh, that's where. Okay, so we devolved into a, question, a, a conversation about voices, but we're back to football. Mo, you had a piece earlier on Sports Not, and for those of you, by the way, we, we also simulcast the show onto YouTube. So if you'd like to see us there, you can check out because sometimes we'll reference visuals. And if you want to see them, you can go on the YouTube channel, subscribe there, hit the notifications button, by the way, you can't forget you got to do both. Subscribe, notifications, ding, 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 ring the bell for us. Um, But if you're watching up there, you'll see uh, Mo's piece here on um, on Sportsnot, which talks about Three subtle wrinkles to carry over from the 32-23 win over the Denver Broncos. This is, of course, Mo's great written work. Um, he usually writes it in crayons, but luckily they, they transcribe <laughs> it to a computer. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, Mo, I want to go through these because I think we, we've, we talked about them on the last couple of shows, some of them, but they have equally as much importance in this game coming up 
uh, on Sun on Monday night. And so I want to be able to to talk through that and and have you kind of explain to folks why you talked about it in the piece that we're showing up here on the screen too. Number one was Derek Carr utilizing his mobility on first down runs. Talk specifically about your point here and and why it's so vital and how it just gave a, a huge shot of adrenaline uh, and and the opportunity to succeed for this Raiders offense. One of the most frustrating things I hear from Raiders fans is saying that they always say Derek Carr is athletic, but he doesn't use it. He doesn't use enough of his athleticism. He has the arm, he has the mobility, he has the quickness, but he stands in the pocket and doesn't run when he has the opportunities to do it. And then sometimes when he does run, lose the ball in the fumble. Well, against the Broncos, he was back to his John Gruden years because, as I've said on this show multiple times, under John Gruden, he improved with his mobility, his decision-making, making runs, making get, getting first down runs, moving the chains. When you have clutter downfield and when your guys are covered in the secondary and you have man coverage, there's no one accounting for the quarterback. So you take off, you get the first down, go to the next play. Now, you ideally want your quarterback in the pocket, given getting the ball to his playmakers. But when the opportunity comes, you take off and run. Because I believe Derek Carr said in the postgame press conference that John Gruden always wanted him to run for at least two first downs. Well, I believe he had five against the Denver Broncos. So he was, <laughs> he, you know, the Denver Broncos have, they, you know, a lot of people say things about who the Denver Broncos played and whatnot, but they have a really good secondary. So, Devontae Adams had had a good day, of course. Matt Collins had some catches. But when your guys are covered downfield and there's no one in his open lanes in front of you, get the first down. I think that was important. Uh, moving down, I see you have the stunts with Cleveland Farrell on the interior. Uh, a lot of people not talking about Cleveland Farrell. And I understand that because he missed a lot of time during the offseason, had an undisclosed injury. But when you saw him get in that stunt with Max Crosby, and that's when Max Crosby had one of his sacks, uh, that's caused by Cleveland Farrell bringing pressure up front. If the guys don't respect the guy, uh, defender bringing pressure, then that stunt does not work. So Cleveland Farrell has to get a push in order for Max Crosby to get that sack. So, of course, Farrell is not going to get credit for that in the box score, but he helped make that play happen. I think a lot more people need to talk about Cleveland Farrell's play and his ability to move across the, the front line. Yeah, Mo, and I'm really glad that you you wrote about that and brought that up because his talk about that role and how – Yes, where he was drafted, he's never going to live up to that uh, based on, yeah. on what Raider Nation expected. But overall, he's really becoming one of the only, I think, true bright spots on that interior. Right. I, people overlook this, I know, because it was a loss against the Chargers, but I believe he had four quarterback pressures in that game. Now, he usually, for some reason, plays well against the Chargers. I don't know what it is, but Cleve Farrell usually shows up when, the, when he plays against the Chargers uh, through his career. But he had, I believe, four quarterback hurries in that game. And as you said, the Raiders desperately need a push up front on the interior specifically, and he's been that guy so far. He has been, and um, I, that that to me, that interior, that defense still is is a big concern. And and against Kansas City, they're going to uh, they're going to have to really do something. They got to find a way to make Patrick Mahomes comfortable all throughout the pocket, even when he's out of the pocket. So you got to have it coming from the end from Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, and then you got to have. Uh, that push from the inside as well. Okay, we move on to the third point you had in your piece, Mo. 
and that was Justin Heron as an inline tight end. I love some of these sets last week. Talk a little bit about what they did and how they changed kind of the flow of that Raider offense. This reminded me of the Bill Musgrave years. Bill Musgrave is still probably <laughs> my favorite offensive coordinator for the Raiders in the, in the recent uh, past. But Bill Musgrave did a lot of this with Denver Kirkland. He would have an in, Denver Kirkland as an inline tight end, basically a six offensive lineman for max protection you know, to seal off the edge of that line if you're going to run to the outside. But Heron had that role. I believe he had 17 snaps as an inline tight end. So with Mumford out there and his inexperience and you're kind of worried about his pass protection – then you have Heron in there who can help him out with the pass protection. Again, sealing the line for the runs. He has the experience coming over from Patriots, so he knows the system as well. So if Mumford is a little bit lost, he can help him out. And I think that really helped that side of the offensive line for the Raiders. Not talked about enough, but needs to be mentioned. Absolutely. There you go. So make sure you go up and check out Mo's work. Of course, he's got a new piece out today, right, Mo, on Sports Not yes. too that you talked about. Yes, Blake Martinez, the importance of having him and his leadership and his knowledge of the system out in the field. Yeah, so check that out. That is hot off the interwebs here on Thursday as we speak to you. Okay, Mo, let's dive into some other keys around this Chiefs game. One I, w I already mentioned, but let's talk a little bit about how the Raiders can do this, uh, and Patrick Graham in particular, and that's flushing Mahomes, making him uncomfortable. We've seen when teams are successful against Mahomes, that's exactly what they're able to do. Doesn't mean the guy doesn't make some amazing plays on the run or when he's flushed out of the pocket, but the more you can put people in his face, the more you can push him and pinch him in so he doesn't have much room, uh, the better you will do against him. With this Raiders defense, especially that front, especially the linebacking core with Blake Martinez there, what are we going to see here? What do we need to see in order for this Raiders defense to put a wrinkle in that Chiefs offense? I don't know who's going to play this role, but you may have a spy out there because a lot of people have talked about spying uh, Patrick Mahomes, just making sure you keep him contained and him uh, moving the ball downfield in small chunks, not getting any big, big, big plays in the passing game. But I believe it was Arden Key who had the spy role one uh, in the game that the Raiders last beat the Chiefs. Of course, Arden Key is now with the Jacksonville Jaguars, so he won't be in that role. The other thing is too high uh, safeties, and I think that's what Patrick Mahomes struggled with last year. A lot of the interceptions he threw were kind of unlucky, bounced off a of receiver's hands or, you know, just something outside of his control. But the point is you want to make him drive down the length of the field and you want him to take short completions. You don't want him to light you up with a big play. I know Tyreek Hill is not there, but as I mentioned previously, Miko Hardman and Marquez Velasquez can can hurt you in that way where they can get the big play. So you want to make him dink and dunk down the field, and then you have a chance to uh, get the ball, match pace with the Chiefs. I know that's hard, but as long as they're not getting the big spark plays, you have a, you have a shot. Absolutely, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Like I, and that's the one thing I will say. I know Raider fans never, and they shouldn't believe that their team doesn't have a chance going in because they do. Right. It's the NFL. These are pro football players. But I like to see I've seen some realistic expectations of this game. And that is, hey, it's going to be tough to go in there and win right now where we're at. And, and I like that. So people are understanding what it is they're going against. The other thing, too, Mo, when I look at a key to this game and I want to get your comments on this, which is, of course, the Raiders offense. We saw it do better last week against Denver, and that was encouraging. And we talked about it in your story with, with Carr and all the things that they're doing correctly, running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. 
Um, and I think that running the ball is going to be just as important, if not more important this week, not only because of what it did and how it sets up their opportunity to play call, but also you got to keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible. He can score quickly. And so the long sustained offensive drives, you can't go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out in Kansas City, or that's going to be the death of you. Talk about that for a little bit. And not only that, sustained drives, Mo, especially scoring drives, you cannot have what our good friend Fabian calls the minus four. You have to have seven. You cannot have a long drive and get three points. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right, and, th- and this also goes back to my point about Justin Heron and him being an inline tight end. It's not only just for a max pass protection, but also to help you play some bully ball because when you're able to go downhill, run it down the opponent's throat, you hold possession, you win the time of possession battle, less time for Mahomes on the field, more time for your offense, you shorten the game. Of course, it's Raiders fans, some of them want to say, okay, throw the ball downfield. We got Devontae Adams. We got Darren Waller, who's, you know, his production is kind of wavering a little bit, not a little bit, but a lot. And then Hunter Renfro still, we don't know if he's going to play, especially if Hunter Renfro's on the field. I know Matt Collins has been a revelation out there, but you want to shorten the game, balance the attack. I know Josh McDaniels like to say, if you fall behind, you can't commit to the run game. But as long as you stay within one score, you can keep Josh Jacobs, Samir White, and whoever you, else you have running the ball involved in this game. And I think the Raiders are going to need that on Monday. Yeah, and, and, and I think that, that that is going to be important because you can't panic, right? And I think that mm-hmm. first-time head coaches, and I know it's his second time around, but I don't count Denver that much other than the negatives he learned from. So, so a first-time head coach facing Andy Reid, and I know how much it pains Raider fans to admit how good Andy Reid has been since he's been in Kansas City. The numbers are staggering when you look at his record against the AFC West, his record against the Raiders. It's, it's sickening if you're a Raiders fan. That's how good it is. So, so he's going to have to be on top of his game. This is, gonna, this is a coaching battle. This is a chess game, not only on the field, but also between these coaches and understanding and anticipating – and reading one another. So that one's going to be interesting. The but third thing. One thing I will say. Yeah, jump in. Sorry to cut you off. But one thing I will say that, that works in the Raiders' favor is, I know Josh McDaniels is on the offensive side of the ball, but being with the Patriots and the Patriots have had their battles with the Chiefs, he's familiar with what Andy Reid can do in that offense. The other thing is the last time Travis Kelsey played against a Patrick Graham-led defense, when the Chiefs played the Giants, I believe on Monday Night Football in Week 8 last year, Travis Kelsey only had four catches for 27 yards. Wow. And the Giants held the Chiefs to 20 points. Now, the Chiefs won that game, but their high-powered offense only scored 20 points to the Giants 17, so they were able to keep it close. So Patrick Graham, he should feel confident going into this game that maybe he can slow down on Travis Kelsey and that Chiefs offense. See, there's Mo making us smarter again. See? That's what happens when you're the best damn football <laughs> writer in the United States. Uh, I and I mean that, that sincerely. Um, and so... That I'm going to get to another point here, another key that I think is related to the Raiders' offense. But you just touched on something that that I, I want to address, and that is the defense. Um, 
I I really believe you talked about who's going to be that guy who steps up in this game. And I've been really, really, really hard on him for his coverage. But it might be Jonathan Abram, might it? It, it can't be Jonathan Abram in terms of deep coverage. I mean, not deep coverage. It, it, not, I'm maybe not deep at coverage. the line and, and actually the, giving Mahomes a fit. Now, that's a good point. If you want to say maybe he can blitz on yeah. certain occasions and, and just kind of give Patrick Mahomes a different look. Now, for some quarterbacks, especially the good ones, you don't want to blitz them too much because they'll pick you apart. <laughs> but if you're going to blitz Jonathan Abram, you, you better make sure the area he's blitzing from is covered because Patrick Mahomes will throw to the middle field to guess who? Travis Kelsey or one yes. of his running backs. So you want to do it. You want to maybe do a delayed blitz, a disguise blitz, but you don't want to do You want to sprinkle it in just to kind of give him something to think about. Yeah, and I, and I really think, especially if you see him can't play, um, I think they will, even though, again, we, we had him on the show. We talked about how much he's progressed, and now a bunch of the other reporters are writing about it, which is awesome for Amik Robertson. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to pick on him uh, because, of the, because of the size advantage, and it just makes sense, right, if you look at what's going out there. Nate Hobbs is the guy on the Raiders, and so we'll have to see what they do. Of, of course, uh, the, we'll see a little bit of that, that, that too high safety, right, and see what the, the – the Raiders are able to do what Patrick Mahomes do. He seems to figure it out at times uh, when people thought, oh, that's how you stop Patrick Mahomes, and he still beats you, even with that defense. So um, when you look at that, Mo, too, and that defensive backfield for the Raiders, um, who do you see there as maybe, I hate to use the terminology, but as a weak link or, or who the Chiefs might game plan to go and target and quickly go after? Hate to sound like a broken record, but you find Jonathan Abram. If he's not coming downhill or if he's not blitzing, which you don't want to, you know, uh, you don't want to telegraph that. But wherever he is on the field, that's where you're throwing the football. Uh, I wouldn't say Amik Robinson is the weak link. And I'm not saying that just because he's been on our show. But we all know he, you know, he can give up some big plays. He give us a place here and there, but play relatively well against the Broncos. Um, that that Chiefs pass catching group, to me, is not elite. Right. But the guys, but the guy to watch to me is Juju Smith-Schuster, and yes. because he can line up on the inside and the outside, you want to make sure whoever is is on him keeps track, and that could be a Meek, that could be Nate Hobbs, that could be anybody in that secondary because he can move around. You want to make sure you know where he is. But um, other than I, I won't go weak link. I'll I'll go with a strength here, and I think we talked about two high safety looks. And you don't want Jonathan Abram in too high safety. <laughs> too high safety look. I think it's going to be instrumental to have Trayvon Merrick and and uh, Daron Harmon back Daron there, Harman, yeah, because those two guys can make plays on the football. And if they can force a turnover, an interception here and there, that can change the complexion of the game. So I would look for those two guys to have big roles. Yeah, and if you look over the course of the last six games, Patrick Mahomes has had has more turnovers than he had previously to that. So he's been in this kind of cycle as people have kind of figured it out. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think that's a possibility. Um, before we go to the break here, and then we bring on Kelly in just a minute, Mo, um, Derek Carr, I think this is a massively huge game for Derek Carr. It is for the Raiders too, don't get me wrong. And Derek Carr played really well last week. You talked about using his feet. You need that from him again. But this is the kind of game where I think he's got to put up numbers and he's got to put up a game where he's not just a game manager, uh, but he is actually making things happen. I think that's the kind of game this is going to be because the, the quarterback on the other side is going to. And so I think you got to go a little bit of tit for tat 
and Derek Carr has to have one of those patented big games, don't you think? It's got to have a big game. I wouldn't say it has to be a big game necessarily in the box score. Right. He's, as you said, he's going to have to score because the Chiefs are coming in with the second highest scoring offense in the league. So he's going to have to make some plays. Uh, but as we've seen in the past, if he throws for two touchdowns, it has 211 yards, but it's in the clutch. I'll take that if it's a win. Uh, the one thing I will say about Derek Carr, and I tweeted about this on Tuesday, is when he, as a starter for the Raiders, the Raiders are 1-7 and seven at Arrowhead. The only win that they got at Arrowhead was when they were, I believe, you know, there was the COVID year where there weren't too many fans in attendance. The Raiders won 40-32. That was the Henry Ruggs year where Henry Ruggs opened up that offense, went deep, had a couple of big, big catches. And I think they can get that from Matt Collins, by the way, who's averaging, I believe, six, over 16 yards a catch. But this is a big game for Derek Carr because it's big for his, uh, his psyche. Because as I said, the Raiders are one and seven going into Arrowhead when he's a starter. So he did it. He got it. Went over the Chiefs two years ago. Did it with less fans in the stadium. Now he needs to do it while it's full. The on fans a big are stage. there on a big stage. Monday Night Football. Fans are screaming at him, and he he knows what his record is. He may not talk about it publicly, but he understands he hasn't played well at Arrowhead. He understands his team hasn't played well at Arrowhead. So I think yeah. this is big for his psyche. He, to your point, yes, he has to have a big game. Now, will I say he needs to throw for 300 yards, 350 yards? No, it all depends on the flow. Now, I, I don't think this is going to happen, but let's say it's a 27-24 game. You might lean on the run game more because it's working against the Chiefs. Who knows? But what I will say is if it's a close game and it comes down to the final stretch, he has to be the guy to make some big plays. He has to lead the Raiders to the victory. Good for the team, good for him, and good for his record going forward. Because when you know what they say, it's not a rivalry until you even out the scoreboard, until you even out the battle. Because if the other team is winning 90%, the 80, 80% of the games, it's not really a rivalry. And I think Derek Carr said this last year, not a rivalry, rivalry until we start winning more football games against the Chiefs. Indeed he did. And I think that that's one of those situations where – yeah, you can't have errant throws like at key times. You can't have turnovers. You got to protect the ball, not only throwing it, but also holding on to it if you get sacked. So, so I think that's on the line for him here. Uh, and he seems poised coming off his last game to do that. So we'll have to see. All right, we're going to step aside real quick for a break. When we come back, we're going to close the show. We'll give you our game prediction, but we're also going to bring on Kelly Kreiner, talk a little bit about the Silver and Black Today Fantasy League. We'll show you the standings, and then we also have a special guest. Uh, some of you might know who this person is. I don't know if actually a lot of people will, but I'm not sure if they will. So we'll bring on that guest. This is someone Kelly Kreiner um, was able to get to do a pep talk for Mo because Mo's 0-4. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. You can also catch us on 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas or on The Bet 1140, both Odyssey stations. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.